Welcome to Grace Church's podcast. This week, we had a guest speaker join us and share a word. The following episode was recorded live during Sunday's service. Hey, is this on? Good morning. So, I'm going to have to have you take out your bulletins first, because I'm going to do some really cheesy things this morning, but that's what you expect from a children's pastor, right? So every time Pastor Jay asks me to speak, I tell him, okay, I'll do it this time, but I'm never doing it again. And it seems to keep coming around. So, sorry, it's me. While we start, I'm, I'm speaking on what is your treasure. And the first thing I'd like for you to do, I know you have a pen with your bulletin, because I have a collection of them in my purse. It's a good thing I come to church on Sundays, or I wouldn't have any pens when I like go to the bank or anything. But if you'll take out your bulletin, and I would like for you to just brainstorm. I'm going to give you 30 seconds on the clock to brainstorm. What do you treasure? Nobody has to look at it. You're not going to have to share it with anybody. I'm not going to make you pair up and discuss it. But if you would just brainstorm for yourself and kind of list out there in your bulletin, what do you treasure? Okay. So I've kind of created this, this is supposed to represent like a Jenga style game. Have you ever played Jenga where you take longer than the actual game to like set up the blocks and then two turns in, somebody grabs the block that knocks everything else down anyways and you're like, well, there went that. Um, unless you're really good at it. I've seen some, my kids are getting really good at it and they can like, you know, poke one out in the middle and like it takes forever and you finally get it and you pull it out. I don't have patience for that. But this kind of represents... Um, just in my mind, how I like have built the things that are important to me. And um, these are just some things that I thought maybe, I don't know, are important to people. And um, as you like put these things together, it seems like there's nothing wrong with any of these things. But when you start building them so that if things could be pulled out and everything came crashing down, what is it that's on your foundation that's not going to move? So this is just kind of a, a visual representation of, of that, of putting, obviously, Jesus. It talks about Jesus in Ephesians being the cornerstone and that that's what things are built on. So in your life, building on those things. And Jesus is really the only one that's going to last forever. And if he is your foundation, then, you know... I mean, there are days I, like, honestly get up with coffee in my mind. Like, if I didn't have it to go to, I probably wouldn't get out of bed. That's the truth. And, like, if I don't have the creamer that I want, same. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't do it today. So, like, if this got pulled out for me, my day would be a wreck. And, you know, a certain um, job, I love my job, but if there's been a time when I didn't, and, and that really, that can be very detrimental to your life, to your, to your mental state. Um, technology, I depend on this phone. Like, my sermon notes are on this phone. My kids' pictures are on this phone. Everything that I depend on is on this phone. So if that got taken out, like, I, I would be devastated. But as long as I have this, truly, everything else can come crashing down if Jesus is the foundation. I'm going to actually take you to Matthew. So um, it's in the sermon notes already. I love the app because you can just pull it up. And whenever I speak, um, I don't I don't know. I, I feel like I just, it's very vulnerable for me because I'm just sharing with you, like, 
what I've been reading, what God has been doing for me, and what's on my heart. So that's just, I mean, I feel like what else can I do, right? So I'm just going to kind of walk you through the thoughts that I have while I read. Um, I'm an education major. I'm not necessarily a theology major. So all of my investigation and reading through the Bible is pretty literal, and it's, it's pretty, um, you know, the same things that you would have access to. And then the Holy Spirit, of course, adds to his word. So we're starting in Matthew 6, 19, and it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And the question as we walk through our Christian lives is not only what do we treasure, but what does God treasure? Because we're really trying to align our Christian lives with, with what God wants. So I'm taking this verse out of the middle of the chapter, because I kind of read through the chapter, and if I had written it, if I had been Matthew, I think I would have done it in a different order. So this is kind of in the middle, and it talks about keeping those things that you don't want um, destroyed. But then go back to one, and we're going to start reading there. It says, and if you're a highlighter, this is a good place to like get out the highlight. And if you, if some people can highlight in their phones, and I do because things, when things repeat in the Bible, I feel like, okay, well, God's told me that several times now. Because when things are important, like put on your shoes before you leave the house, I tell them to my kids like 15 times before we leave. And we're kind of like kids in God's eyes, so we, he has to tell us so many times to do these things. And there's a phrase that you're going to see repeated that I just want to point out to you. So in Matthew 6, 1, it says, sorry, I'm not trying to hide behind these blocks. Let me get out from underneath these blocks. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Okay, that's the phrase. Will reward you. Continuing on. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. There it is again. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. If you know it, go ahead and read it with me. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. That's so me. I hate fasting. I'm not like having to give stuff up. And if I do, I'm like, oh, this is terrible. I'm fasting. <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. It says you're supposed to 
Truly, they've received their reward. So there was my reward. I got to gripe and complain about it. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will be, not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. There it is again. So we're talking about the things that God treasures, and he lists out these three things. He lists out giving. Um, he talks about giving to the needy, and he lo- talks about prayer, and he talks about fasting. Those three things that it explicitly says that God re- will reward when you do them in secret. If you do them so that you can be seen and do them, you know, I'm fasting, um, then that's your reward. That's it. And you get that reward on earth, and it's done and over with. But if you do them in secret, and you do them um, as God has asked you to do them, and notice that he doesn't say, like, if you fast. He says, when you fast. So it's assumed that you're going to do it. He doesn't say, if you pray. He says, when you pray. So these things are assumed that you're going to do them as you're building your relationship with Christ. So the question is, would you rather have your earthly treasure versus your heavenly treasure? And not only does God offer um, rewards for these things, and quite frankly, I feel like this is like, we're at home and my kids are like, I'm like, do you want a popsicle or do you want to wait until later and go to Andy's? Well, if they want the popsicle right away, they get the popsicle. It's not as good as Andy's. I mean, truly, Andy's is the heavenly reward. So, you know, it's kind of like that. Do you want it now or do you want to wait? But God's rewards have, you know, infinite, um, oh, I don't know. It's like there's such an anticipation for it because we don't know what heaven's going to be like and we just get to read these really cool things. And so I don't even know what God's rewards are, but I feel like that's the one I definitely want. Well, um, praying and fasting, not only does that have that heavenly reward that God promises if you, if you will do it in secret, but there are rewards that he's going to give you here. They're just not, they're not for man's approval. Man, they're not for other people's approval. But he, he's rewarding the things that are deeply important because he wants you to build those habits and those foundations in your Christian walk is what I feel. So I feel like I'm, I'm not moving along on my slides here. I'm really bad about that. There should be one that says earthly treasures versus heavenly treasures. There it is. And then um, praying and fasting, and God promises rewards for those. Yep, 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 there it is. And then one that says earthly rewards is that heavenly applause. Yeah. But heavenly rewards are God's applause. And that's, that's really where I want to be. Okay, so going on along in Matthew, because Matthew 6 continues on, and I'm going to get through the end of the chapter. So we're at 622. And it says, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Now, when you read this, if you read commentary, which I just had gotten online and was reading through because I thought, what in the world does that mean? Like, if your eyes are healthy, your body will be full of light. But actually, there's some, there are some notations, and the original word for healthy in the Greek um, really meant generous. Like, if your eyes are generous, if the things you see cause you to um, act in generosity, then your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy... 
And then this, a similar translation there, the opposite of it, it, it was stingy. So if, you, if you're acting out of your feeling of stinginess, I guess, your whole body will be full of darkness. And so today, as we're thinking about this idea of, you know, am I, am I doing these things in my life to really draw closer to God and for his reward, or am I doing them so that other people can see the things that I'm doing and I can get that pat on the back? I want to invite you to put on your heavenly glasses, so to speak. And I have, because we all, it's sunny outside. Um, Actually, I keep my glasses on my head all the time because if you know me, if I lay anything down, I'm going to lose it. So I leave these on my head all the time. And so when I was going to pass out sunglasses today, Pastor David was like, well, that's appropriate because you wear yours on your head all the time. But I want to invite you to put on your heavenly glasses. You all look so cool. Like our cool factor just went like way up. We're going to read through the rest of this chapter with our glasses on because God gives us this heavenly perspective throughout the rest of the chapter. Okay, ready? We're at 625. And this, when you put on your heavenly glasses and you see things with an eternal perspective, this is what God says. I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, he will, not much, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself, and each day has enough trouble of its own. So when you put on these heavenly glasses and get this perspective, you can see that the things of this earth, the things that we worry about day in and day out, the things that you treasure that are here, um, and the things that are eternal, are put into perspective because we know that our Heavenly Father has given us the promise that we can believe that what he says is true. If we keep Jesus as this foundation, it says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all of these other Jenga pieces, if you will, will stay in in perspective. And you don't have to worry about things falling apart when you put Jesus as your foundation and your and his kingdom first. And then the word confidence is is really just what kind of struck me. And we've been talking about godly confidence in that's actually our word of the month for our kids and if you don't know I'm usually back in the kids area cuz I'm the children's pastor. 
Um, and so as, as I was reading this, it really just kind of connected all for me that we have the ability to live in godly confidence by using this heavenly perspective. Putting on that heavenly perspective allows us to live because we know that God's going to take care of all of the little Jenga pieces, and we can just worry about that foundation. We can worry about the important things by putting him first and seeking him first. And so confidence as a Christian is not this uh, pop culture, here I am, look at me. It's I know that God has promised me these things, and I can live like I believe what God says is true. So I'm, I'm putting him first. I'm not going to have to worry about what I'm going to wear or what I'm going to eat or how he's going to take care of these needs because he will, because I'm living in promise with him. And he has, I mean, there are a few times in the Bible when it, it delivers a definite reward, and this is one of those times. When you pray, when you give, when you fast. Yeah, not great. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for your word, for the truth that is in it. God, for the relief that you give to us to know that you are taking care of all of these things. And if we seek you first, if we put on our heavenly glasses, if we look through your perspective that you give to us, Lord, put them on every day. We can see that there are things that are important to you. And if we put those first, you're going to reward us and you're going to take care of all the other things. Lord, if there's anyone in here today that doesn't know you, Lord, I pray for divine intervention. I pray that they would invite you into, into their life, into their heart, Lord, to believe that Jesus is the Lord of everything, that he came and he died on the cross for our sins so that the things that we do can be forgiven. And we have the ability to see things as you see them. Lord, as we go through our week, I pray for heavenly perspective every day, that we don't let the things of our day get in our way, that we don't let the little details and worry rob us of our time. Because it says, who can add anything to their day by worrying? We can't. It's not in our power, but it's your power. We just thank you, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope that this episode made a difference in your life. If you would like more information on giving your life to Jesus, visit us on the web at grace417.com.